0: This is Jocko Podcast number 130 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. Caesar, when he perceived that the 7th Legion, which stood close by him, was also hard pressed by the enemy, directed the tribunes of the soldiers to effect a junction of the legions gradually and make their charge upon the enemy with a double front. Which, having been done since they brought assistance to the one to the other nor feared lest their rear should be surrounded by the enemy they began to stand their ground more boldly and to fight more courageously in the meantime the soldiers of the two legions which had been in the rear of the army as a guard for the baggage train upon the battle being reported to them quickened their pace and were seen by the enemy on top of the hill and Titus having gained possession of the camp of the enemy and observed from higher ground what was going on in our camp sent the 10th Legion as a relief to our men who when they had learned from the flight of the horses and the sutlers in what position the affair was and in how great danger the camp and the Legion and the commander were involved Left undone, nothing to dispatch. By their arrival, so great a change of matters was made that our men, even those who had fallen down, exhausted with wounds, leaned on their shields and renewed the fight. Then the camp retainers, though unarmed, seeing the enemy completely dismayed, attacked them, though they were armed. The horsemen too that they might by their valor blot the disgrace of their flight thrust themselves before the legionary soldiers in all parts of the battle but the enemy even in the last hope of safety displayed such great courage that when the foremost of them had fallen the next stood upon those who were prostrate and fought from on top of their bodies When these were overthrown and their corpses heaped up together those who survived cast their weapons against our men as from a mound and Returned our darts which which had fallen short between our armies so that it ought not to be concluded that men of such great courage had injudiciously dared to pass a very broad river, ascend very high banks, and come to a very disadvantageous place, since their greatness of spirit had rendered these actions easy, although in themselves very difficult. So, war is eternal and some things do not change and in war we see the brutal examples of savagery and we also see the courage and sacrifice that's hard to find anywhere else like in that passage right there unarmed men attacking the enemy And even the enemy showing courage climbing on top of stacked bodies of their brethren to gain a little bit of high ground think about that gaining the high ground by climbing on the backs of your fallen comrades now that is war and that account of war is from the book The Gallic Wars which was written by Julius Caesar himself although he refers to himself in the third person and that war lasted from around 58 BC to 50 BC eight years of fighting between the Gauls who were a Celtic race of people in what is now France and Belgium I guess you'd say Celtic and of course, the Romans were known for their military strength. And in the future, I'm sure we'll go a little bit deeper into some of Caesar's writing. But today we're going to look more at an overall assessment and instruction, really, about the Roman legions, which, as I said, are known as an incredibly powerful military fighting force that conquered much of Europe and parts of Africa and the Middle East over time and the writing that we are looking at today comes from a guy by the name of Vegetius now his full name was Publius Flavius Vegetius Renatus but thankfully, we can just refer to him as Vegetius. Not much is known about him. It's actually not even known a hundred percent if Vegetius was actually in the military it It seems as if he was, and even if he was, it's likely that he didn't have any great stature or rank inside the Roman military, but he did capture some incredibly important information. And he called it the Epidemo re militaris, which translate, it's basically into the epitome of the art of war. Sometimes it's also called de re militaria, which means on matters of the military. And the book is estimated to have been written around 430 AD, so it's several hundred years after Caesar's reign. But this book that he wrote became a guide for warfare throughout the Middle Ages and And interestingly this is even it stayed even after we had gunpowder and it was carried oftentimes by General officers and their staff throughout Europe and there are even reports that George Washington carried an annotated copy with him which as I dug into it may or may not be completely true but at a minimum at a minimum he paraphrased Vigetius's book in his first address to Congress in 1790 when he said to be prepared for war is one of the most effectual means of preserving peace so Vegetius put this information together through at a minimum, keen observation of how the Roman legions and the Roman military worked. And the book has stood the test of time, so I think we might as well see what we can get out of it. Yes sir. What do you think? Yes, sir. agree. agree? Check. It starts off strong. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Starts off right here. Victory in war does not depend entirely upon numbers or mere courage. Only skill and discipline will ensure it. That's a common theme. Mm-hmm. We find that the Romans. Owed the conquest of the world to no other cause than their continual military training exact observance of discipline in their camps and unwearied cultivation of other arts of war <sighs> Does this mean I'm just gonna be talking about discipline for the next as long as I'm alive yes, it's it's entirely possible, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that he says it's It's important than just mere, more important than just mere courage. Courage is important, Mm. but there's something more important: discipline. Yes, and skill. And skill, skill. You like that part? Yes. Okay, Romans. Okay, they thoroughly understood the importance. Of hardening them. So he's talking about what the Romans, he's talking about the Romans, that's the they. They thoroughly understood the importance of hardening them by continual practice and of training them to every maneuver that might happen in the line and in action. Nor were they less strict in punishing idleness and sloth. (laughs) See, sometimes I stick up for like our generation or being modern. Mm-hmm. saying like no you know we're we're kind of hardcore too sure. but then I read stuff like that and I kind of wonder
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wonder yeah. the courage of a soldier is heightened by his knowledge of his profession and he only wants an opportunity to execute what is he is convinced he has been perfectly taught so that makes sense. I did an interview a little while ago and as and it hasn't come out yet it was with NPR mm-hmm. NPR mm-hmm. national public radio mm-hmm. but He was asking me he had heard me say in an interview that like I wanted to go to war and he was kind of Surprised about that, but that's exactly what this is talking about Mm. You train and you're convinced that you've been taught well, and then you want to go get after it Especially when you're young yeah, (laughs) and you have nothing to lose back to the book a handful of men inured to war Proceed to certain victory while on the contrary numerous armies of raw and Undisciplined troops are but multitudes of men dragged to the slaughter No big deal yeah Multitudes of undisciplined men you're just getting dragged to the slaughter. That's life. That's life. Oh And here's another point for it is certain That the less a man is acquainted with the sweets of life the less reason he has to be afraid of death interesting Mm. the young soldier therefore ought to have a lively eye oh this is he's just talking about what what the young recruits should be like what kind of qualities they're supposed to have the young soldier therefore ought to have a lively eye should carry his head erect his chest and shoulders be broad his shoulders muscular and brawny his fingers long his arms strong and his waist small going back to posture Mm -hmm. remember I brought that up with Jordan B Peterson yes He's got that chapter in his book stand up straight with your shoulders back and I'm like that's how you get indoctrinated in the military. Yeah. That's been going on since the Roman times yeah. There's something to it. I'm here to tell you <laughs> Talking more about the recruits He says they should be taught the use of their arms by constant and daily exercise But this essential custom has long been abolished by the relaxation introduced by a long peace <sighs> Can't accept that when things get easy and you know Again, working with businesses all the time it's it's real easy when the times are good like the economy is good right now the economy is good right Mm -hmm. so people are just kind of making money and everything is good and they don't train as hard they don't prepare as much yeah happens in everything
1: yeah cuz we kind of subconscious it seems like in any way subconsciously rely on that kind of push like the you know the stress will push you you know like if the economy's not good it's like oh it kind of pushes you to like oh we got to sure. we got to work or whatever and it kind of Okay, do everything. you
0: you know some people I think you actually do this. Some people perform better under pressure. Yeah. The reason I say you cuz you'll you'll have a video to make, let's say. Uh-huh. And if there's no deadline, let's just say there's no real <laughs> there's no real urgency. hope or urgency. <laughs> sure. Like I'm not a, I'm not I'm not expecting to see that. But then sometimes there's a deadline, like for a muster video.
1: Yeah.
0: And and there comes the deadline, and boom, there's the video. Yeah, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, yeah. into my email. Yeah, you need that. You need that structure and discipline, young it man. Does, it does help. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Yeah, even even time stuff. Like if you're like, hey, meet me at around seven, bro. Um, That's I, not you good. Know, yeah, well, it'll be more. It'll be around whatever time. You might as well have said show up when you want. Yeah, but I rolled
0: if, the dice a little bit today because I said twelve thirty. Did you notice that? Yes.
1: To me, when you put a number, that's, I just assume that's the number. Yeah, yeah. That's how.
0: That's just how. Yeah. That's probably good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I think you're right. You're right.
0: I think. Yeah, you, you do you do pretty good with being on time for me, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna yeah. say you're batting a pretty good average. Yeah. yeah
1: it's true.
0: <laughs> Did you see someone asked how they could get your job? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I told them to kill me. Kill you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, there you go. I guess we know that. Now now. You got there the, you go. the price on your head. <laughs> yep. Someone else, maybe they can be on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
1: Because really, that's all it requires press, record, be on time. There you go. Boom, easy boom. money.
0: <laughs> all right, now he's talking a little bit about initial training. Going back to the book. The first thing the soldiers are to be taught. Is the military step which can only be acquired by constant practice of marching quick and together. Nor is anything of more consequence either on the march or in the line than they should keep their ranks with the greatest exactness. For troops who march in an irregular and disorderly manner are always in great danger of being defeated. And I I read that part so I could read this part They should march with the common military step 20 miles in five summer hours and with full step which is quicker 24 miles in the same number of hours So these guys can march These guys can march and we've talked a lot about foot patrols and in the it's in the seal teams There's something called a forced March, which is like you're on a road. There's no threat. You're just marching. Yeah, and you're trying to move from point A to point B. Don't do a lot of that in the SEAL teams. You don't even do really much in the. Well, I can't say that, but there's a difference. That's a forced march. We called it a forced road march. Mm-hmm. And then there's patrolling, where you're tactical and you're scanning your field of fire. Mm. These guys are talking about a forced road march. You're just on the road. It's basically you're you're going as fast as you can. So That's you're. It's
1: just like maybe yeah. what you don't have a ride or I mean, in your case.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't have a ride for whatever reason. Mm. Well, in the SEAL teams, we usually had a ride. That's, right. that's, that's why, why you don't do as much as it gotcha. Oh, here's a good one. Learn to swim. Every young soldier, without exception, should in the summer months be taught to swim, for it is sometimes impossible to pass rivers on bridges, but the flying and pursuing army both are often obliged to swim over them. A sudden melting of snow or fall of rain often makes them overflow their banks, and in such a situation the danger is as great from ignorance in swimming as from the enemy it, it's i, I kind of take it for granted that people know how to swim but yeah. it is not true yeah. and when i figured that out when i went to navy boot camp cuz you'd think if you were joining the navy, navy yeah. you'd know how to swim yeah. no not true yeah not true at all people did yeah. not know a decent amount of people did not know how to swim
1: yeah, I'm with you. I'm, shoot, I come from Kauai, where you know everyone knows how to swim. Yeah, even at like two years old, yeah. people, you know, you know how to swim because you're on the island. Yeah, and it's all. But yeah, man, there's people. Yeah, straight up, some people haven't even seen the water. You know, like the ocean or whatever.
0: Well, I there's mean, definitely people that haven't seen the ocean. Yeah, I mean, when I went to when I went to SEAL training, there was guys that had never been to the ocean before. Yeah, they that's were what from I mean. Iowa. Yeah, you know, no, they're just salt. Why does the water taste salty? Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, parents teach your kids how to swim. They have those good programs now where they do the little floating programs so, like, even a little baby can float themselves and stuff.
1: Right. You can look that up on YouTube and learn how to teach your, your like, baby to swim. Yes. Yeah, and incredibly be incredibly effective. Yeah. Be I'm careful. throwing the, uh,
0: what's that called? The safety tip. Yeah. The safety tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, you got to, you know, when you're doing anything in the water, you, you got to be careful. Really careful. Yeah. Even. When you're training in the water, you got to be really careful. One up, one down is the rule. Like if one person's doing some training, someone's got to stand there and watch them Mm. to make sure that they're safe. Yeah, but yeah. If you don't know how to swim, learn how to swim. Back to the book. No state can either be happy or secure that is remiss and negligent in the discipline of its troops. For it is not profusion of riches or excess of luxury that can influence our enemies to court or respect us. This can only be affected by the terror of our arms. It is an observation of Cato that misconduct in the common affairs of life may be retrieved, but that it is quite otherwise in war, where errors are fatal and without remedy and are followed by immediate punishment for the consequences of engaging an enemy without skill or courage is that part of the army is left on the field of battle and those who remain receive such an impression from their defeat that they dare not afterwards look the enemy in the face That's powerful stuff right there this can only be affected by the terror of our arms Underlying, there's a little underlying threats of violence and everything that I shouldn't say everything, but they're just there. almost everything. Well, let me let me let me break it down a little bit more because uh-huh. I don't want to make a broad statement about the whole world. But sure. when I was a young guy in a platoon, there yeah. was definitely underlying threats of violence. I mean, oh, yeah. even with a big smile on your face, even amongst total bros, like the the, the thing that's underlying yeah. is like, well, you know, yeah. This if this escalates down, yeah, you nope. know, we know how that could go. <laughs> So, yeah, have the discipline. Train. It's <laughs> I I I don't know why I'm finding this book like almost comical in how just on point <laughs> it is with everything I think about. I kind of noticed that earlier. Yeah, I'm just I mean the whole opening thing, the whole opening, <laughs> the opening onslaught of discipline. <laughs> You know, I was straight up into it. Mm-hmm. So, back to the book. To accustom soldiers to carry burdens is also an essential part of discipline. Recruits, in particular, should be obliged frequently to carry a weight of not less than 60 pounds, exclusive of their arms, and to march with it in the ranks. This is because on difficult expeditions they often find themselves under the necessity of carrying their provisions as well as their arms. Nor will they find this troublesome when inured to it by custom, which makes everything easy. Boom! There you go. Mm. Wear the gear that you're wear the gear that you're going to fight with. Get used to it. Get used to it. I used I used to talk about this with like discipline equals freedom. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of it. I'd say if you have the discipline to wear your gear all the time. Then you'll have freedom of movement when you need it. Right. You know? And I I kind of felt like that was a stretch. Does that seem like a stretch?
1: Well, no, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Just kind of pull it
0: back into the non stretch zone.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for for sure. Because, like, yeah, okay, so you have all your gear on, right? And Jody Minnick was kind of talking about this, I think, when he was like, Oh Man you know like it was just a pain in the ass to wear and yeah. all this stuff that feeling that's a real feeling yeah. man This is a pain all this gear this is digging into my you yeah. know or I'm not used to it or kind of thing But man you get a guy who's really used to it, but that's not even a factor, even a factor.
0: You know he's free and from it does that. It, there's two things that happens number one you get used to it number two You figure out your gear so that your gear works properly Yeah, so it's like yeah You can because because your gear when you first put it on no matter you go to the best Gear store in the world, and you buy gear, and it's not going to fit you quite right. You're gonna have to make little modifications. You have to adjust it. You have to put the weight somewhere else. Now, in football, you wouldn't always wear your gear in practice, right? Um, it it was
1: pretty designated, like depending on the day, you know. So, you know, two days you have full gear, you know, two days you have just helmets and shoulder pads or whatever. But yeah, you were you were uh, okay. what you were supposed to. Some guys would like maybe not wear their mouthpiece or something like that, but it, it'd be rare. I think hmm. in the NFL like they won't wear their thigh pads or their hip guard, and that's just cuz it's a pain? Um, I don't I don't know. I can't really speak for I think I know that guys who run a lot and if you take out your thigh pads and your like hip protectors and stuff, it helps you run hmm. for sure. But you so run then that you, risk and you should train with it. You should train with it, but here's the thing though, if if there's a rule cuz some guys even in the game they just won't wear it. Hmm. They just simply won't wear it. but you do run the risk of, like, if you get what's called a hip pointer, there's an injury called a hip pointer. Mm-hmm. It's basically your external obliques, they kind of overlap your hip bone, right? And when a helmet or something hits that and crushes your external oblique against your hip bone, it's called a hip pointer. And it's, it's a debilitating, painful injury the kind where even in everyday life you're out of the game you're <laughs> out of the game and i've had it before so hip protectors will help against that so you run that risk uh, you know so it's up to you man i mean i think in college i know in high school it's a it's a rule you mm-hmm. got to wear hip protect- but um i think in the nfl you don't have to
0: well that's good i think the overall point is and it sounds like the football was on board with it train how you fight yeah wear the gear train how you fight
1: but it's tough too though in f- in, and this goes for any contact situation, even obvious, and really in the military. But it's it's almost like so obvious in the military that it's a given, where that you can't train exactly how you fight. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, so you can't shoot each other.
0: Yeah, and the, and exactly right. <laughs> so it's, like I said, really, I used obvious. to tell guys that I used to be like, hey, unfortunately, I'd you know, I'd be like, <laughs> right. unfortunately, I can't put guys out here to actually kill you and you do yeah, the wrong, like, thing, like you, know, you really would. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, same was,
1: thing for for football as it turns out, where you can't just.
0: Have guys going live five yeah, days a week, you know, giving somebody hit pointers or you'd be all day, yeah. yeah. Actually, so he goes on to talk about, he talks about some slack here going back to the book. But negligence and sloth, having by degrees introduced a total relaxation of discipline, the soldiers began to think their armor too heavy as they seldom put it on. They first requested leave from the emperor to lay aside the, the cuirass, and afterwards the helmet. In consequence of this, our troops in their engagements with the Goths, were often overwhelmed with their showers of arrows. So there you go. You start taking that little shortcut. And I like how he says it's by degrees. Mm-hmm. Like, no one just wakes up in the morning and says, right. "I'm going to be weaker now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm it's, over this whole it's, thing. They just, they just start to decay just a little bit. Yeah. Take a little shortcut. Yeah, you know, here's here's a here's a here's a workout, <laughs> a workout tip. Jocko's workout <gasps> tips. I'm serious. This yeah. is a, this is like something that goes through my head mm-hmm. when I'm doing some exercise. Let's say it's squat day, and let's say it's it's I'm doing the 20 rep squats, which is just painful. Yes. And I have that thought in my head where sometimes you know I'll be like, oh man, you know what? Just I'll just do sixteen today. And yeah, that's yeah. Because yeah. you know, like I mean, I worked really hard yesterday, and I'm kind of tired. And you're still doing it. And I'm still t- At least I did them. Yeah. And you know what? I'll, you know, blah, 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 blah. And when I hear myself saying that, I always think like that's the be- that's the first step down yep. down the slippery slope to yep. decay. And I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm not going to do it.
1: Have you ever? Have you ever skipped it? Come on, be be real. Have, have you ever? ever what? S- have you ever skipped it? Like you know, those doubts—not doubts, but those those thoughts of hey, let me let me slack. Not skipping workout. I mean, have you ever given in? The only
0: time the only time where I've been like, you know what, I'm not finishing this workout is like I'll hurt something. Oh, for real. And that's way different. And and I've done it where I've done it where I haven't done that. That's a lesson learned. Like I've been like I remember one time I was squatting and I I, like felt a little you know, you get a little twinge in your back? Yeah, yeah. I got one of those and then I kept going and then I was debilitated. I was like I was like not good. But generally if yeah no when I because because it's this that's why I'm saying this like that little conversation right there is a good conversation have with yourself because I think about I think about that little you just give that little bit of slack that time and it's not good you know it's like that just in my mind I'm thinking that leads to more more slack right there it does that leads to a little bit more slack next time because next time you're gonna feel that way at 15 reps instead of 16.
1: Yeah, because you've, este- even if it's subconsciously, you established a new little a, pres- a precedent, which mm. is kind of just the it's standard. Okay just a little bit. Yes, yeah. exactly. So it's like, it's different if you're undefeated. Right. If you're undefeated, mm-hmm. you're either undefeated or you're not undefeated yeah. kind of thing. Once you're defeated, <laughs> then you're kind of like, mm, okay,
0: you know. Let it sneak in there. Yeah. It's part of you now. Yeah. Ugh. I got to
1: say, I'm defeated straight up. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, the, yeah. I do the Metcon at the end. You know, I live yeah. and do Metcon, and it's, you know, good. And I, I will, I'll say straight up, I'll be honest, that it doesn't happen very often. I mean, I, yeah. th- I talk a lot of trash whatever, but it doesn't happen very often. Yeah.
0: But, oh, yeah, there's times where I'll be like,
1: oh, well, that workout was pretty solid, yeah, was
0: pretty I'll do. Good. I'll make deals. That with makes myself, me mad. You know? that, that that makes me mad, and I and I I don't like that. Actually, hanging with you, it made me gave <laughs> gave me
1: that mindset, which is a mindset I simply did not have. Just go Def core on that oh, thing. I, <laughs> 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 no, but you know, how you how you said it makes you mad. Like, I never yeah, had that yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. had that feeling like, oh, wow. It making me... I just never thought of it that way. Ever. Like, not even a little bit. Didn't even consider thinking it that way. But now, yeah, when I feel it like, oh, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. I really don't feel I actually have that response where you kind of get mad at it. Yeah. At yourself yeah, kind of thing. It's yeah. like you're split into That's two people. That's a positive thing, actually. It is. It helps, Red right? help helps so much.
0: That's the death core right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Just> straight up.
0: <laughs> Check. All right let's see going back to the book it was a constant custom among the old Romans to exercise both cavalry and infantry three times a month in by marches of a certain length the foot were obliged to march completely armed the distance of 10 miles from the camp and return in the most exact order and with the military step which they changed and quickened on some part of the March they made these marches not in plain and even ground only but both cavalry and infantry were ordered into difficult and uneven places and to ascend or descend mountains to prepare them for all kinds of accidents and familiarize them with the different maneuvers that various situations of a country may require these guys put some miles in but uh, again the reason that I, I wanted to mention that part is it's not just it's not just about wearing the gear it's trying to simulate as closely as you can to the situation that you're gonna be in mm. same thing with anything same thing with sports same thing with business when you're training some <clears throat> when you're training someone for business put them in that situation that they as close as you can to what they're gonna be in yeah here it continues to enumerate the different nations so formidable of old all which now are subject to the Romans would be tedious. So he's saying, like, we beat down so many people, we can't, we're not even going to take the time mm-hmm. to talk about them all. But the security established by long peace has altered their dispositions, drawn them off from military to civil pursuits, and infused into them a love of idleness and ease. Again, this guy's writing several hundred years after Caesar. So he's talking about the you know the 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 slippery slope Mm. hence a relaxation of military discipline insensibly ensued then a neglect of it and it sunk at last into entire oblivion so he's watching the fall of the Roman Empire and where does it start lack of discipline with Mm -hmm. the troops boom I'm getting a kick out of this book mm-hmm. The necessity therefore of discipline cannot be too often inculcated as Well as the strict attention requisite in the choice and training of new levies Don't you can't ever? Can't ever let up the sack you can't you can't ever say it's okay not to do that rep. Yeah <laughs> uh, That that's in the book he goes into a long sort of a long long description of how they were organized like man by man, troop by troop uh, not gonna go too deep into that you know well one of the things he does mention in that section is is about how when they stopped doing a good job replacing the soldiers that were leaving you know you're, you're not keeping you're not keeping people coming in not keeping them trained up. And This is a good thing. I think this is good for any team situation the expense of keeping up good or bad troops is the same But it depends wholly on you, so I think that's a good statement Mm. You know you got you got some good members on your team. You got some bad members on the team It costs you the same to keep them. Yeah well you got to decide how you're gonna how you're gonna manage that situation back to the book in former times the discipline was so strict that the tribunes or officers not only caused the troops under their command to be exercised daily in their presence but were themselves so perfect in their military exercise as to set them by example nothing does so much honor to the abilities or application of the Tribune as the appearance and discipline of the soldiers when their apparel is neat and clean their arms bright and in good order and when they perform their exercises and evolutions with dexterity no big deal more he's talking about just keeping the elements organized in a combat situation lest the soldiers in the confusion of battle should be separated from their comrades every cohort had its shield painted in a manner peculiar to itself the name of each soldier was also written on his shield together with the number of the cohort and century to which he belonged I like that I had a note in here about how we we would name our vehicles so you know what vehicle to get into you know, like the Your Humvees. The yeah, Humvees yeah. would have names, yeah. so you'd know which vehicle was yours. was it one called Zev? Or yeah, something? they had all kinds of yeah, yeah. names for them. <laughs> my first deployment to Iraq. <laughs> my first deployment to Iraq. They were named after the movie.
1: <coughs> oh, movie! All right. Yeah, they were cool. named after a movie.
0: Legit. It's about bowling, but it's not the Big Lebowski.
1: Uh, Kingpin.
0: It was Kingpin. Yeah, that was yeah. the name. There Big was, Urn, right? It was one of the Humvees was called Big Urn. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now what's interesting yeah. is the Humvees originally were not named, they were numbered. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, and that seems like a pretty squared away. Like I, Jocko would be good with that. <laughs> Just to give him a number. Yeah, yeah. Here's the problem with it. When you're going on an operation, you go into a building to do a a, a takedown of a building. Yeah. the vehicles move around. They get they got to adjust. And when you come back out, they might not necessarily be in order numerically. Oh yeah. So man. guys, but guys would go one, two, three. Oh, that's my vehicle.
1: Gotcha. So, yeah.
0: So they get in the wrong vehicle, which might not seem like a big deal. But then when you're trying to get a head count, and someone's yeah. not in the right vehicle, and the All vehicle right. commander's like, I'm I, I'm supposed to have eight guys, and I only have seven. Yeah. Now we're trying sitting on the X trying to get a head count, and that's yeah. problematic. Yeah. But if you know what your name of your vehicle is. You confirm it, and they're written on the side, nice big letters. Yeah, you're looking for big urn. You it. see it, you jump in.
1: <laughs> that makes sense with yeah. the with the numbers because I think just by nature we assign numbers to things for all kinds of weird reasons. You know, like where if there's three things in a row, like if I see okay, there's three bottles yeah. in a row. Me and you don't even have to know each other, and I say, hey, grab the third bottle. It's kind of, there's a shirt sure, there's a kind of an ambiguous understanding. Okay, the one the furthest one on the right. You right. know, it's like that. So the numbers can jam you. Well, up. we
0: numbered this podcast.
1: Yeah, cuz it's like chronological. Yeah, so but interestingly
0: sense. they could have had just names. Yeah In fact, maybe they should have remember when the UFC's yeah. used to be numbered. Yeah, or, or they still wait, are they're, they're numbered And then they, there's oh, no, no what it now. was this is what I was thinking they used to give them a number and then they would have like a crazy name. Yeah, yeah the title I like vengeance of Glory or whatever and then <laughs> they just started true. just calling them the names of the guys that were fighting. Yeah, which makes sense once you have that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Like someone that's looking for a certain episode, yeah, they they would they might not remember the number, but they remember the book or they right. remember the person.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of so, interesting. So we, kind, but we do kind of do it like that. Yeah, kind yeah, of, kind of, book, kind of. But yeah, I wonder what is is there value to having a number aside from keeping account of how many episodes yeah. there are?
0: Well, I think. I think someone now can if you know what one you're looking for and then you find it yeah then you can go and find it easy in oh, your yeah, platform huh? yeah but I the remember. easiest way if you want to know what because sometimes I don't remember what a particular if you Google Jocko podcast and then whatever thing that you're looking for yeah it'll take you to the YouTube video right it'll take you to the YouTube video
1: yeah because the YouTube videos I put the
0: somebody the just told me on on Somebody said, Hey, you should review this book. Yeah. Maurice Stragicon. Strategicon." Strategicon. Strategicon, yeah. yeah. And I said, he said, you should review this book. And this guy's like been in the game for a while. And I said, You should check out Podcast. And I didn't remember what number was, so I mm. Googled Jocko, Strategicon, and I found fifty seven. Boom. Done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now you can say fifty seven, it's easy to go back in there and look, right? Yeah. Check All right, talking about drilling the troops back to the book. The younger soldiers and recruits went through their drills of every kind every morning and afternoon, and the veterans and most expert regularly once a day. Length of service or age alone will never form a military man. For after serving many years, an undisciplined soldier is still a novice in his profession. By practice only can be acquired agility of body and the skill requisite to engage an enemy with advantage especially in a close fight but the most essential point of all is to teach soldiers to keep their ranks and never abandon their colors in the most difficult evolutions thus men thus trained are never at a loss amidst the greatest confusion of numbers the recruits likewise are to be exercised with wooden swords at the post to be taught to attack this imaginary antagonist on all sides and to aim at the sides feet or head both with the point and edge of the sword it sounds I think some of those movies mm-hmm. that came out because it doesn't sound glorious to me maybe it doesn't to you but to me That sounds awesome. Mm. And then, like movies like Braveheart, where they're Mm. showing kind of the sword battles and how just psycho it was. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good reminder. Yeah, big time. back to the book in short both legionary and auxiliary troops should continually be drilled in cutting wood carrying burdens passing ditches swimming in the sea or rivers marching in the full step and even running with their arms and baggage so in so that inured to labor in peace they may find no difficulty in war for as the well-trained soldier is eager for action so does the untaught fear it In war discipline is superior to strength but if that discipline is neglected there is no longer any difference between the soldier and the peasant the old maxim is certain that the very essence of an art consists in constant practice yeah discipline is superior to strength This is a solid book The art the very essence of an art consists in Constant practice, so whatever it is you want to be good at yeah, that's how you get good at it. Leif and I just wrote another book We've been writing a lot. I've been writing a ton sure and you can see the first draft was probably Five times better than our first draft of our first book and you know We both have done a lot of writing in the military you know, in college and all that, but mm-hmm. you practice, you get better. Yeah. Jiu Jitsu, Guess what? You practice, you get better.
1: Yes, sir, you do.
0: Pull-ups. Are you gonna pull-ups? Do pull-ups. Here we go. The Lacedaemonians made war their chief study. They affirmed to be the first who reasoned on the events of battles and committed their observations thereon to writing with such success as to reduce the military art before considered as totally dependent on courage or fortune to contain to certain rules and fixed principles. As a consequence, they established schools of tactics for the instruction of youth in all the manoeuvres of war. How worthy of admiration are these people for particularly applying themselves to the study of an art? Without which no other art can possibly exist boom That's interesting. It's interesting. Can you imagine it? Well for me, you know, actually I can't imagine when you're a kid You think like war is just like ah just charge and then as soon as you get into the teams You're like oh, there's maneuvers you can do there's Mm -hmm. things you need to make happen. There's ways you can get advantage It's not just what they call it courage or fortune. It's not just that at all Yeah, there's a whole lot of things involved and it's also interesting that they were doing They were doing studies and debriefs on The war on the battles
1: Because
0: it sounds like people weren't he says hey look They were the first who reasoned on the events of battles and committed their observations thereon to writing with such a success to figure out that there's a military art and how you know what how fired up is it that to study this art of war without without which no other art can possibly exist mm. too strong for you uh,
1: yeah I don't too, know. Strong I, I, <laughs> <Charles> too strong for Too
0: strong. I can see it. That's
1: a bold statement, for sure. It's a real bold statement. I don't think I've thought about it enough to offer any sort of an opinion. Yeah, you know, yeah. on the deal. But hey, man, I dig it. Kind of like, kind of like exercise in life, right? Or health in life. Yeah, that's true. You no, know. uh, but yeah, sure, cool. You seem pretty fired up about I am it. Very <laughs> fired up about
0: that. Yes, you do. Sir. And this is where George Washington's statement kind of paraphrased from back to the book he therefore who desires peace should prepare for war he who aspires to victory should spare no pains to form his soldiers and he who hopes for success should fight on principle not chance no one dares to offend or insult a power of known superiority in action do you get bummed out that you didn't learn this in third grade? Like this whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes.
1: Right? Including jujitsu for sure. Yeah. Well yeah. Mm. I I feel like it, and you kind of I learned this kind of from you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Where you know how you have this kind of big picture kind of mindset, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the long game. Mm-hmm. You're always like you used to always correct me when I have this like short sighted Yeah. That's what I wish I understood slash even I don't know if kids are even capable Yeah, really, but well,
0: no you're hundred percent right and I've actually said this many times that kids have a hard time connecting what they're doing now yeah. with Where it puts them in the future. Yeah, and I, sh- I say kids and by kids. I mean me everyone. Yeah I mean I'm better now, yeah. but when you're when you're a kid like it made it and Kids, some kids are different you know like some of my some of the kids that my kids hang around with some of them are dialed yeah. where they've just got a vision they know where they're going they know where they are gonna be in eight years they know what they want to do hmm. that's not a majority of the kids most yeah. kids are you know like well hey I can get this right now right and that's cool and they don't think about how it's gonna affect them in the future and that's 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 just really problematic yeah, not understanding that long game is really problematic, and I think we do a bad ta- a bad job of teaching it mm. as parents and as teachers and as a society. Yeah, yeah, agree.
1: Uh, well, I mean, there's because you have you know like JP says this and and Lace said this where when I they they're like when I was a kid even you say you wanted to be some sort of a commando yeah at least you had. Like an idea, you know. So there's at the very least, somewhat in your mind to be like, "Hey, no, for sure, if I no, do this,
0: that was that was a savior."
1: Yeah. So I think some families, just through tradition and stuff like that, they'll have that structure. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're a I don't know, you're a Johnson, yeah. so yeah. you do yeah. this X Y Z, and it's just a matter of getting the kid to embrace that, which is really kind of like either they do which or they no don't. Small task, and, yeah, the I, I mean, I I think if you're fair. To your kids, because I think a lot of times, like we get caught up in like our own feelings, you know, in this thing, like what, you know, I don't know, your kid's not listening to you or something like that. You're like, oh, my kid's not listening to me, Mm -hmm. you know. You get caught up in the feeling that emotions, yeah, you know, that rather than hey, you know, that's this is a problem that needs to be solved, kind of thing. So, I think that's the way you can alienate your kids real easy, and it's a common thing, I think, where. You know will alienate our kids and then they won't embrace the 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 pride and tradition of your family no. because they're like alienated you alienate yeah. them in one or in another sometimes you don't even know you alien you know they're like oh he's in a rebellious phase you know like sure there is such thing as a rebellious kind of phase because yeah, yeah, you know certain sure. kids they Gather this or they gain the sense of like empowerment in certain ways You know so they want to test it out. They want yeah. to test the boundaries well, yeah, and all that they, I, I And
0: subconsciously it. they know they got to break away from their parents at some yeah. point and they got to start practicing that
1: yeah It seems it seems natural But if you have successfully alienated your kid when that rebellious phase comes they're stepping right outside the yeah, game They're yeah. starting their own thing in fact they they're gonna have some resentment against dad who's this unfair tyrant who's lame heaps this uh, it's just funny on how me? like
0: the kids never think their parents know anything I know,
1: bro. You know <laughs> as a parent I understand why I totally do yeah. I'm like oh I, I get it yeah. now but that is funny that yeah. is really funny actually
0: I mean we just don't it's not just parents like your teachers don't know anything I'm not speaking for everybody but like when I was a kid yeah. parents didn't know anything teachers didn't know anything I knew everything bunch of dorks bunch of idiots <laughs> God, I'm stupid. So, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, under the age of 40, you might want to listen to your. All right. That's good stuff. He who desires peace should prepare for war. Remember that one. Back to the book An army too numerous. So now he's talking about the size of the army. The, an army too numerous is subject to many dangers and inconveniences. Its bulk makes it slow and unwieldy in its motions, and it is obliged to march in columns of great length that is exposed to the risk of being continually harassed and assaulted by inconsiderable parties of the enemy. The encumbrance of the baggage is often an occasion of its being surprised in its passage throughout difficult places or over rivers the difficulty of providing forage for such numbers of horses and other beasts of burden is very great besides the scarcity of provisions which is to be great carefully guarded against in all expeditions soon ruins such large armies with the consumption is so great that notwithstanding the greatest care in filling the magazines they must begin to fail in a short time and sometimes they unavoidably will be distressed for want of water but if unfortunately this immense army should be defeated the numbers lost must necessarily be very great and the remainder who save themselves by flight too much dispirited to be brought to action again and i read that whole thing So I could read this which is saying hey like you get too many people I read that whole thing so I could read this the ancients taught by experience Preferred discipline to numbers like we'd rather just have a small squared away group Than a ton of guys So where I see this with businesses. This is what businesses is as businesses grow It becomes harder for them to turn right it gets harder for them to pivot. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, it moves yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. So so you get big companies that when they were small, they were all agile and they were making things happen and they could yeah. change direction and then as they get bigger and bigger and bigger, they lose the ability to do that. Yeah. And so you got to pay attention to that. Yeah. And what you have to do, there's a couple solutions. It's like the solution is yeah, you can stay small, but you don't want to stay small as a business because you can't. Just like you know, it's cool to stay small as an army, but there's only so much you can do with limited yeah. number of people. Yeah. So what you have to do is you have to start to become more aware of what's going, what's good, what's coming down the pipe in the future, because mm. it's going to take longer for you to pivot this this big yeah. monster you've got. Yeah. So you've got to do it. You've got to pay more attention. So when you grow in size, this is classic. When you grow in size, a a business, if the leaders of the business continue to focus down and in to the company, mm. they won't see what's coming over the horizon, and that's when they get caught off guard. And now they don't have time to pivot because they're a lot bigger. But they used to get away with it because they were a little small company. They could right. come into work on Monday <laughs> and they could talk to everyone in one sitting, and everyone gets on board, and we move forward. Mm. You fast forward that, and you go from fifty employees to five hundred mm. that are now you know spread out over a large geography you can't make that quick move and so what you have to do as a leader is as you grow you need to adjust your frame of vision from looking down inside your company to looking up and into the future if you don't make that transition you can't you 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 think you can turn things quickly you can't you can't it's a big army and a big army has to be it's it's hard to control a big army and it takes more lead time yeah, and so that's the focus that you have to adjust to, as you grow.
1: Huh? It's, yeah, it's a good way. Of, so, how do you do it then? Like you,
0: as the well, what you, what you do ask, is you point. Yeah, you have people to, underneath you. If you were making widgets, and I was when we started off, we had eight people, and I was in the factory all day checking out your widgets and making sure that they were good to go, and I was testing them myself and I was making little adjustments. Yeah. That's cool. That's fine. It worked when we had eight people, but now when we get forty people, I need to start going. Okay. Echo, can you can you pay attention to the widgets in here and then when I get to 300 people I need to have four or five echoes that are down there that are watching this stuff so mm-hmm. so that's what you got to do you got gotcha. to adjust yeah. your field of vision you got to adjust your focus or all you. and what fools people what fools people what catches them off guard is that they think they can still pivot quickly mm. because they were able to do it when they were smaller when they had 30 or 40 people they were able to pivot quickly they got mm. 300 they can't do it yeah. and they get caught off guard you gotta watch out for that yeah. kind of like a big cruise ship right compared totally. to like a little speedboat of course or something like this Of course those things take miles to turn Miles those big oil tankers. They take miles to stop back to the book the excellence of their discipline made their small armies Sufficient to encounter all their enemies with success now. This is something else. I see a lot in the business world And this is very common right you get the you get the big the big business the big gorilla in the room or whatever mm-hmm. and they can't pivot very quickly well then you get the smaller companies that are very agile and they start picking away at the big guy and that's mm-hmm. what he's talking about right here mm-hmm. like just because you're small doesn't mean you can't you can't take a shot at the title yeah you know you could you can move quickly and if there's chaos going on that's when you can adapt now are there advantages to being the big company with lots of money and lots of people and you're very stable oh yeah absolutely yeah. so and are there advantages to being small yes there are the mistake that people on both sides make is they view themselves? They, they don't understand what their strengths and weaknesses are, yeah. and they don't understand the strengths and weaknesses of their opponents. Right. Gotcha. So they yeah. say, if there's someone that can move quicker than them, they go, "Oh, don't worry about them. We're bigger and more stable." Yeah. Well, those people are maneuvering on you, yeah. and they're sticking little needles in your feet, and eventually those little needles get infected, and there's a problem. Yeah, G- got a, you know situation going on so you have to constantly as a leader and again this is why leadership is important you have as as a leader need to assess what's the strength of that group what's the weaknesses what is what are our strengths right we keep hearing this again over and over again throughout all these ancient military leaders know yourself know your opponent know your strengths know your weaknesses for sure people fail to do that yeah problematic Here we go Uh, Famine makes greater havoc in an army than the enemy and is more terrible than the sword you know I every time we've read that in the last couple books people talking about how it's better to starve your enemy Mm. Just makes me really really thankful that there's abundant food in Mm. this country right now. It really does I mean I I've never been starving and can you imagine starving to death it's got to be absolutely heinous. Yeah. Worse than the sword according to Vegetius An army drawn together from different parts sometimes is disposed to mutiny and the troops though not inclined to fight pretend to be angry at not being led against the enemy Such seditious dispositions principally, principally show themselves in those who have lived in their quarters in idleness. And effeminacy. These men, unaccustomed to the necessary fatigue of the field, are disgusted at its severity. Their ignorance of discipline makes them afraid of action and inspires them with insolence. So, you let your. It's one of those. It's one of those. dichotomies. That's what it is if you let your people do whatever they want They get soft and then they start to rebel you want to talk about kids You know let your kids do whatever you want or whatever they want and see how that works out for you Lack of discipline with your kids you're gonna end up with some rebellious kids. Yes Now am I saying that you need to beat them like a dog into (laughs) submission? No, I'm not saying that at all because you know what that dog is that dogs crazy that dog will bite you at some point.
1: Yep right or somebody else or, or somebody, somebody both, else whatever. yeah, yeah.
0: is problematic so you have to find the balance between those two things he says there's there's several remedies for this evil <laughs> hmm. let them be constantly employed either in the field <coughs> days or or in the inspection of their arms they should not be allowed to be absent on furlough they should be frequently called by roll and trained to be exact in observance of every signal let them be exercised in the use of the bow in throwing missile weapons and stones both with the hand and sling and the, and with the wooden sword at the post let them be let all this be continually repeated and let them be often kept under arms until they are tired Let them be exercised in running and leaping to facilitate the passing of ditches. And if their quarters are near the sea or the river, let them all without exception be obliged in the summer to have the frequent practice of swimming. Let them be accustomed to march, March through thickets enclosures and broken grounds to fell trees and to cut out timber to break ground and to defend a post against their comrades who are in an endeavor to dispossess them and in the encounter each party should use their shields to dislodge and bear down their antagonists all the different kinds of troops thus trained and exercised in their quarters will find themselves inspired with emulation for glory and eagerness for action when they come to take the field in short a soldier who has proper confidence in his own skill and strength entertains no thought of mutiny (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yeah these guys were doing force on force training he's saying look you're not gonna use swords but you're gonna go against each other with your shields Mm. and fight for it and And this is something I've I've answered that question a bunch of times where people you know How do you build morale in your team? It's like make them train hard make them work hard Mm. Now the real trick is to make them train hard make them work hard But at the same time what you do is you give them ownership of that training so they're running the training Yeah, they come up with the ideas and you just respect the hardcore training that they're that they're doing and you Mm. do it with them Yeah You don't just impose. It's different than just imposing on the team. Like we're gonna do this hardcore training. That that will create a mutiny if you're not careful. Yeah. Especially if you're not out there doing it with them, or if you don't explain why it's important. Yeah. I read this thing. This is to kind of add to
1: that. Well, I think so. Anyway, they. The thing I what was it? I forgot what it was, but it said and allow for success. So, like when you train, you know, you train hard, train hard, train hard, but allow for success. For sure. Because if there's no success, it's like morale goes down after a while or
0: whatever something like this for sure You can't just I just said you can't beat that dog.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't beat
0: that dog It is much more to the credit of a general to form his troops to submission and obedience by habit and discipline Than to be obliged to force them to their duty by the terror of punishment So he's making uh, the reason I pointed that out is because it's making a clear a clear delineation between discipline and punishment. Yeah. Like discipline good, punishment bad. And he's yeah. saying those are two kind of opposite things. Huh. So I think that's very important. I think so too, yeah. And it's important to remember that you're treating your people good. Yeah. You're taking care of them. That's what you're doing. Mm. And you don't necessarily take care of them by making their life soft. You take care of them by making their life disciplined and hard. Not to beat them down. There's a balance. but that's what you gotta find yeah back to the book it is essential to know the character of the enemy and of their principal officers whether they be rash or cautious enterprising or timid whether they fight on principle or from chance and whether the nations they have been engaged with were brave or cowardly so again know your enemy you must by no means venture to lead an irresolute or diffident army to a general engagement for soldiers unused to fighting for a length of time must be considered in the same light as recruits so he's saying if you got people that haven't fought in a while and they're a little bit nervous then you got to figure that they're just like recruits you can't always trust them and then he talks about the general and says if he finds himself in many respects superior to his advers- adversary He must by no means defer bringing on the engagement so if you're in a better spot than the enemy or you can take him go Mm. But if he knows himself inferior, he must avoid general actions and endeavor to succeed by surprises and stratagems This when skillfully managed by good generals have often given them victory over enemies Superior both in numbers and strength so this is common-sense stuff if you think the enemy's better than you don't fight him head-on That's guerrilla warfare If you think the enemy is bigger and stronger than you you don't fight him head-on all arts and trades whatever are brought to perfection by continual practice how much more should this maxim true in inconsiderable matters be observed in affairs of importance and how much superior to all others is the art of war by which our liberties are preserved, our dignities perpetuated, and the provinces and the whole empire itself exists. You don't really like that. You're suspect.
1: I, I think you you like it enough for both of us. Okay. Sir.
0: Okay. We'll take that. <laughs> it's true, though yeah actually I can dig it yeah but. I mean let's face the facts here if if it wasn't for if it wasn't for war well then you'd just be enslaved by someone yeah I mean I, I'd love for it to not be that that for that to not be the case yeah but if it wasn't for war you would just be enslaved by people or yeah. someone else that was someone that believed in war right. would you'd be the slave of them yeah. that's how it would work yeah you're right. i am sorry right. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry. That's 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 the nature of the world. Yeah. No. No. You're. That's you're, the way it works. You're actually right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because it's like it's like the hope or wish that everyone was just perfect. Of course, or, you that'd know, be great. Or actually,
0: in a way, would it be great though? You know how like sure, it'd be great. Everyone got along. Everyone singing kumbaya. I
1: don't know, but isn't isn't like stress or imbalance or whatever? Isn't that the catalyst for any kind of progress of any kind? What if would?
0: everyone was just happy, and it's just all
1: good satisfied, Yep. right? I don't know man I think we'd be in the stone. Age. I think still. it's
0: bad. Yeah, we probably would be yeah, but guess what if we're in the stone age And I see that you got a piece of whatever a piece of meat or a rock that right. I want guess what I
1: know But, I see that's now, that's but go now you're talking reality yeah, see? Of course. So but so uh, I mean I guess the question is not to go off on too much of a tangent But the question is would you want it to be all peaceful all the time with no progress? Would you want that?
0: good God. theoretical question kind of no right i mean because you're kind of thinking that <laughs> you're kind of thinking you like doing graphic design on a computer which wouldn't <laughs>
1: exist if it wasn't for war
0: nope it would not there you sir. go all right point taken
1: but even like even like competition right you know how it's like yeah competition is good healthy competition is good it's yeah. good for you it makes you be it doesn't feel like that even when you're in the moment it's like let's say you're just dominating in whatever, I don't know. You, you, you play tennis, I don't know. And you're killing everyone. You're mm. number one, you're breaking world records, you're money. And then you kind of notice this new, young, hungry guy coming and he young starts buck. breaking your some of your records. You're like, you don't like that? That makes you kind of mad. You kind of wish that never happened. And, but at the same time, that usually is a catalyst for you to start working harder True. and preparing for that young I'm buck. all about it.
0: Yeah. So but I you're kind
1: of – and you like the – The head to head, you know, like you like that.
0: Yeah, I like the competition. Yeah.
1: Like directly, though. You know, like when you say, when I think, anyway, when when they say healthy competition is good, it's the result of healthy competition is good. You get the best products, right? In the market or whatever. And that's the result. That's why it's good. That's why it's kind of empirically good, ultimately. I agree. Sure, it's not a perfect process, you know. (laughs) You know, I know you're on the fence, I know. But, But you, you like. Like if I came up and you could tell I was feeling good that would make you that wouldn't make you nervous you'd be happy you'd be like you like that head to head I
0: felt you were feeling good about what come on let's face it on the mat oh on the mats of yeah, justice yeah, yeah if yeah. you come up to me and you're all excited yeah
1: yeah. or even me the,
0: give me the echo Charles scowl okay I'll put it more yeah, accurately because right, I, I just played that through my mind yeah when I see you like that I'm like oh yeah okay. th-
1: it's even more on and so I'll even put it more accurately, more extreme, more understandable as far as what I think you're like. So let's say we went and rolled and I tapped you out right for the first time. Mm-hmm. Sure, you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't like that specific thing. Mm-hmm. But when we roll again, that's when you'd be at your happiest right there. That's what I think. Mm. Like, I think most of us. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you you, you want more of a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Like,
1: all oh, th- it's really on now. That moment to you is a very pleasurable moment is what it seems like. For some people, like, for, I don't know. I would even argue for, like, a lot of people like that. I mean, maybe that's a good example, maybe not. But that moment usually is a very stressful moment like dang now i got to deal with this now you mm-hmm. know and sure it'll result in the way better stuff for sure but the moment is less embraced you, by a normal yeah. normal person and you know what i think it.
0: people people should pay attention to too is the thing that bothers people again topic we've <laughs> talked about before the thing that bothers people is the anticipation of the situation right yeah. but most people like you like we were talking about you making videos earlier when you know, like, there's a muster coming, and you're probably like, "Oh, I got to do this video." That I would imagine hangs over your head more than when you actually are. All right, now you're doing the work, and you're putting it together, and it's right. getting dialed. Yeah, that's true. That's how I feel about things. You know, I'll be like, "There's something that I got to do," and I'm like, "It's like, oh, you know what you do? You attack that thing." Yeah, just jump in. Yeah, and that's true. now when you talked to me earlier about working out and like, hey, do you ever just call it? Yeah. What I will do, which is major weakness, is. I'll I'll like I'll like wait I'll 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 pace I've I've posted this on Twitter before like yep I hemmed and hawed I I re I you know redid the weights I vacuumed the (laughs) mats whatever I'm taking all kinds of reasons to not start I'm procrastinating it I'm gonna do it I'm gonna make myself do it but I'm just I'm just like being such a. Baby, yeah, bro, that's and, so funny, bro. Yeah. Bro, I do that too, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like I mean, I'm not talking hours. Yeah, but it's there. But it, twenty minutes, you know, twenty minutes of like, you know what? I better stretch out a little yes, bit more. Yeah, let
1: me do, let me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's week. That's
0: good. Week. <laughs> do it. Right? Yeah, just do it. That's the thing. That you know what? You know what? That's one thing I'll tell you. Two little. <laughs> this is a workout tip from Jocko Day. Right. You do. You put a stopwatch on stuff. Yeah. Right. Like you. Even when I'm doing something that's not really <coughs> even when I'm doing something that's not really focused on the time mm-hmm. I at least put a stopwatch on it so that I just got to keep you know you just keep it just keeps it on pace man yeah because otherwise that feeling that I just talked about uh-huh. will will start finding itself in between sets yeah you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's makes not sense. good
1: yeah all um this weird thing but i mentioned this workout that I started a long time never really deviated that much from. it's It has rest between sets as part of the workout. The time designated times, designated time. Yeah, yeah, it was always. I don't think, man. It is. I cannot think of a time where it ever worked out where the time between the sets was just like ambiguous or something. It was always a specific time. So that little procrastination thing would creep up between exercises or or before my first set. You know when you warm up and you're like, oh my god, and the first sets usually the heaviest for me too. So I'm like, all right, all right, and that'll happen. But you're right though. Like if a stopwatch
0: on it. I have this one workout that I do where I do like it's L sit pull ups and then tuck pull ups and then dead hang pull ups and then kipping pull ups and then chin ups. So it's like those five, and you do as yeah. many as you can in each, and then you then I do something else, and then I come back and do it again. I do like five rounds of that. So they're like burnout sets. Yep, each boom, one's boom, a burnout boom. set. Okay, and l- 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 like the first time I did, it, I was like, "Oh, that was cool." And so when the first time I did it, you know, I was kind of. Um, let's just say motivated to do it yeah, you know, yeah it was kind of fired cool. up yeah, yeah, yeah. and this was years and years ago mm-hmm. and then the next time I did it it took me a really long time and I realized because I just was taking a long time between sets yeah. like that's not the purpose of it yep. so now I always put a stopwatch on that thing yeah keep 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 the clock ticking
1: yeah yeah and that's it and you feel it because you feel the clock ticking yeah you know you're like oh my god I guess that, that would apply to
0: everything huh mm-hmm. like you like if you um. You know that's why, like when I write, I do a thousand words. You yeah. know why? Because I get a thousand words done in an hour. Sometimes I try. I'm I'm always shooting to see if I can get it done in fifty minutes.
1: Wait, wait. So you, well, let's say when you write, you mm-hmm. see, boom, you set the clock, your t- your watch. Uh, I don't set my watch. Well, yeah, but you yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I look at it. I, I, I look
0: at it. Go. It's uh, It's you know eight forty eight. Okay, nine forty eight. I'm gonna be done. Yeah, I'm gonna wrap this. I I'm not do gonna that. sit here because that's even worse. You sit there and stare at a blank screen, or you click on that little. On that little uh, internet browser <laughs> thing at the bottom, <laughs> then there you slope. go. You're yeah. going down that slippery slope. Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Check. talking about the general a little bit more if therefore he finds his army composed of raw troops or if they have been long on long been unaccustomed to fighting he must carefully study the strength the spirit the manners of each particular Legion and of each body of auxiliaries cavalry and infantry he must know if possible this is good he must know if possible the name and capacity of every count tribune subaltern and soldier he must assume the most respectable authority and maintain it by severity he must punish all military crimes with the greatest rigor of the laws so there's a dichotomy there he's saying you should know the name of every single person on your team mm. at the same time if they get out of line you maintain by severity mm. For troops that have never been in action or have not for some time been used to such spectacles been used to such spectacles are greatly shocked at the sight of the wounded and dying and the impressions of fear they receive dispose them rather to fly than to fight that again to me is how do you train people and get them used to what they're gonna be facing in the real world always keep that in mind as a leader and, and I was about to say almost keep always keep that in mind as a trainer, but as a as a leader guess what you are You're the trainer
1: yeah.
0: Having explained the less considerable branches of the art of war the mil- the order of military affairs Naturally leads us to the general engagement so now he's up to this point He's only been talking about how to get ready for war this is a conjecture full of uncertainty and fatal to kingdoms and nations, for indecision, in the decision of a pitched battle consists the fullness of victory. Troops must never be engaged in a general action immediately after a long march, when the men are fatigued and the horses tired. The strength required for action is spent in the toil of the march. What can a soldier do who charges when out of breath? Sure everyone's gonna hit me up. See you need more rest. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to a little a little get after it right here. The sentiments of the troops should be determined before battle. It is necessary to know the sentiments of the soldiers on the day of the engagement. Their confidence or apprehensions are easily discovered by their looks, their words, their actions, and their motions no great dependence is to be placed on the eagerness of young soldiers for action for fighting has something agreeable in the idea to those who are strangers to it so he's saying the young soldiers that have been to war that are all fired up to fight don't listen to them because there's some agreeable in the idea of fighting to people that haven't done it before, and then he says, on the other hand, it would be wrong to hazard into an engagement if the old experienced soldiers testify a disclin- a disclination, a disinclination to fight. So if the if the old guys are like, hey, this boss, not a good idea. Mm. Pay attention.
1: Mm.
0: A general, however, may encourage and animate his troops by proper exhortations and harangues, especially if by his account. Of the approaching action he can persuade them into the belief of an easy victory with this view he should lay before them the cowardice or unskillfulness of their enemies and remind them of any former advantages they may have gained over them he should employ every argument capable of exciting rage hatred and indignation against the adversaries in the minds of his soldiers now this is something I disagree with Mm. I disagree with this idea I disagree with the idea Of Telling the troops that it's going to be an easy victory Mm. of telling the troops that hey they're cowards I don't agree with that Mm. and because when you do that there's a lot of things that can go bad Mm. Uh, number one When you go against the enemy and you face them and they start doing good against you because they're more skilled than you expected That's a problem. Yeah
1: Yeah, can jam up your morale. Oh, that can jam
0: up your morale really bad. So I don't recommend ever disrespecting the enemy. I recommend you give them. Not to mention, if this can be an easy victory, what's your mindset going into it? Yeah, yeah, cruising. I mean, first of all, you're not training hard for it. You think you're going to win easy? It's called yeah. Don't do that. Hmm. No, you 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 respect the enemy. I think the point that he may have been trying to make is like, don't be afraid of the enemy. I get that. Nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, but respect him.
1: Mm-hmm. Didn't Frederick the Great say something like that in last last time? Like something about remind them of how lame they are or whatever.
0: Um, he did say something like that, and actually, it just the thing that he was saying. Ah, what was it that he said? He he was saying no. What he was saying was. Only talk about the enemy with total scorn. Right, right okay. That's what he I was remember, saying. Only yeah. talk about the enemy with total scorn. And actually he was also saying like you shouldn't even hate the enemy, but don't let anyone know that you don't hate yes, him and yes. despise him, which was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. And he's saying the same thing, like rage and hatred and indignation. Yeah. That's how you want them to be thinking of the enemy. So they both agreed on that point. Yeah. But I disagree on the point of tell the tell your men that this is gonna be an easy fight, because it's not gonna be an easy fight. Yeah back to the book it is natural for men in general to be affected with some sensations of fear at the beginning of an engagement but there are without a doubt some of a more timorous disposition who are disordered by the very sight of the enemy to diminish these apprehensions before you venture on action draw up your army frequently in order of battle in some safe situation so that your men may be accustomed to the sight and appearance of the enemy When opportunity offers they should be sent to fall upon them and endeavor to put them to flight or kill some of their men thus they will become acquainted with their customs arms and horses and the objects with which we are once familiarized are no longer capable of inspiring us with terror it's amazing how good you get at something like if you've seen it one time yeah you know just just Mm -hmm. think about any situation think if if, if, like, if you scare someone, which I enjoy scaring people, sure. <laughs> but if you scare someone and then they come back in and you try and do the same thing, yeah. like they're not scared at all, it yeah. doesn't work. Uh
1: huh.
0: So, so, so that's what that's how you want to prepare your people. You get them used to those, seeing what they're going to see. Yeah. Good generals are acutely aware that victory depends much on the nature of the field of battle. When you intend therefore to engage endeavor to draw the chief advantage from your situation the highest ground is reckoned the best always take the high ground talking about reserves the method of having bodies of reserves in the rear of the enemy army composed of choice infantry and cavalry commanded by a The supernumerary lieutenant generals counts and tribunes is very judicious and of great consequence toward the gaining of a battle some should be posted in the rear of the wings and some near the center to be ready to fly immediately to the assistance of any part of the line which is hard-pressed to prevent its being pierced to supply the vacancies made therein during the action And thereby to keep up the courage of their fellow soldiers and check the impetuosity of the enemy. So, always have reserves. Don't overextend yourself. The post of the commander in chief is generally on the right between the cavalry and the infantry, for from this place he can best direct the motions of the whole army. And move elements with the greatest of ease wherever he finds necessary it is also the most convenient spot to give his orders to both horse and foot and animate them equally by his presence so position yourself in a good spot An able general never loses a favorable opportunity of surprising the enemy either when tired on the March divided in the passage of a river embarrassed in a morasses struggling with the declivities of mountains when dispersed over the country they think themselves in security or are sleeping in their quarters so just take advantage of your enemy whenever they're let their guard down Mm. In all these cases, the adversaries are surprised and destroyed before they have time to put themselves on their guard. But if they are too cautious, and you and give, t- but if they are too cautious to give you an opportunity of surprising or ensnaring them, you are then obliged to engage openly and on equal terms. So whenever you get the chance, you you sucker punch them right You know is that the Is that am I encouraging you go out and sucker punch people no, but if you're gonna fight Take advantage of the situation right. you've already determined that the enemy needs to be fought. You're going t- to do everything you can to But isn't you that think that's gonna you think I just started a rash of sucker punches
1: No, I, I feel like you misused the expression That's what I think because sucker punch is more of a waging of war or a certain level of war when someone. So you're saying this is the,
0: these are already at war.
1: They're already at war. Understood. So now it's like it's kind of sucker punch is the kind. Hey, we're just gonna go invade this country. They have no idea mm-hmm. that we're you know they mm-hmm. they I don't know okay. one of their citizens said something bad about our president or something like that. But if you guys are in war and they're sleeping or something like that, oh no, man, that's good. I cool. think
0: I agree. No, I I actually agree with you very much, very strongly. I think you're correct. Yeah.
1: In fact I don't think you should sucker punch anyone
0: yes I agree you shouldn't sucker punch someone but if you are at war with someone yes then you try and get them at their least prepared situation yes agree thousand percent all right this is important the flight of an enemy should not be prevented but facilitated Generals unskilled in war think of victory incomplete unless the enemy are so Straightened in their ground or so entirely surrounded by numbers as to they have no possibility of escape But in such situation where no hope remains Fear itself will arm an enemy and despair Inspires courage as powerful yeah. think about that fear itself will arm the enemy If you surround them completely when men find themselves oh sorry when men find they must inevitably perish they willingly resolve to die with their comrades and with their arms in their hands the maxim that a golden bridge should be made for a flying enemy has much been commended for when they have free room to escape they think of nothing but how to save themselves by flight and the confusion now you might think that you might think by that statement he's saying hey like you build a golden bridge for them to get away yeah you might think that that's sort of a a merciful thing to do but mm. check out this line and the confusion becoming general great numbers are cut to pieces <laughs> The pursuers can be in no danger when the vanquished have thrown away their arms for greater haste So here guys are dropping their swords they see an escape they mm-hmm. drop their swords and they run for it But you got them you're waiting there for them. in this case the greater number of the flying enemy the greater the slaughter Numbers are of no signification Where troops once thrown into consternation are equally terrified at the sight of the enemy as their weapons so that's good advice that's this is something as well you know it's not the same thing but man when you when you when you're dealing with another human being and let's say let's say you and I are talking about something and I know I'm right, and I know you're wrong. But you kind of planted yourself into it. You kind of painted yourself into a corner. Yeah. I'll give you a little out. You yeah, know, yeah. I'll give you yeah, a little yeah. out. <laughs> you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to do that to you. Yeah. And I don't want to do that to people I work with. No. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a little out. Like, oh yeah, it's probably the way it used to be. But you know what? Hey, you know, yeah. just a little something. <laughs> we go like, yeah, yeah. You know, definitely. I've done it before. Like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad yeah. it worked. Yeah. You know, what do you think of this? <laughs> so <laughs> it's give it's people good. a little
1: out. That actually is very, very. um it's not. It's a nice thing to do, but it feels very smart.
0: It's the it's way you very said smart. It right there. It's very smart to do. You give people a little out. Yeah, I have to do that with. I have to do that with. Uh, I have to do it with my kids. You know, yeah. give them a little out because they'll paint themselves in a corner because they're kids. You know, <laughs> that's what they do. They just really. that's what they do.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a. When you embarrass someone, because that's kind of embarrassing, especially when you get into some argument where it turns mm-hmm. into a me against you kind of thing, mm-hmm. then you realize you're wrong, and you're like, "Oh man, I have to basically yep. give, them all gotta, yeah, give, them, give them out." I got, yeah, give them the give out. So we're
0: kind of we're both winners, kind of yeah, thing. You know, all <laughs> it's all good. It's all good because my egos not involved over here. I'm yeah. just happy that we can get along. Yeah. I'm moving forward. Yeah, yeah, good with it. Yep. Back to the book. In the first place. Your men must not imagine that you retire to decline in action, but believe your retreat an artifice to draw the enemy in to a more advantageous position for you, where you may more easily defeat them in case they follow you. For troops you perceive their general despairs of success are prone to flight. So, what that's saying is, and I should have given this introduction before, is that if you feel like you have to retreat, you don't say hey we're 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 getting crushed here and we're going to retreat what we say is hey we're going to bait them. We're going to move back and we're going to draw them in. So the guys go, "Oh, okay, I get mm. it." If you are just like, "Hey, we're getting our asses kicked and we need to get out of here." You're going to lose. Your yeah. people are going to run away. <laughs> yeah. But if you're like, "Hey, we're doing this maneuver. We're going to fade back a little bit. We're going to set them up." and you yeah. go, "Oh, cool. I'm going to get an opportunity for payback." Yeah. yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah. very good point.
1: It seems like their mindset would still be in the fight in that case For sure. and then
0: versus, versus Oh, we're getting out of here. Exactly. You keep them in the fight. Exactly. <laughs> now, once people once once the enemy is fleeing and you chase them, you got to be careful. Back to the book, a rash and inconsiderate pursuit exposes an army to the greatest danger possible, that of falling into ambush. Ambushes and the hands of the troops enemy troops ready for their reception For as in the term temerity of an army is increased and their caution lessened by the pursuit of a flying enemy This is most favorable Opportunity for such snares so when you get somebody running after you that's when you can catch them The greater the security the greater the danger troops when unprepared at their meals, fatigued after a march, when their horses are feeding, and in short, when they believe themselves most security most secure, are generally most liable to a surprise. All risks of this sort are to be avoided carefully, and all opportunities taken of distressing the enemy by such methods. So that mindset that people get, like you just said, when they're running away. Is one thing but also when they think they just won mm. they get the mindset of like oh we don't need security anywhere, anymore right now we don't need it we're good there's that one little line the greater the security the greater the danger that that line right there doesn't make any sense the greater the security the greater the danger what he's saying is when the the greater the security is the greater the danger of being susceptible to Letting your guard down. Mm.
1: Yeah, like if what, well, like in statement. an MMA situation, they got the guy. You remember oh, that sure. fight, right? We talked about it before. But yeah, you got them days, days, and they're like, "Well, oh, I'm, I'm going to go yeah. in for the finish, all crazy, yep. not like as cautious as maybe they should be." Kind of that situation. Yeah, for sure. What he's talking about yeah. Okay. The
0: greater the security, so the better you feel. Right, this is your sense the, of security. The, <laughs> I keep losing that line. The greater the security, the greater the danger. The greater the security the greater the danger that's what it is so when you're feeling secure Watch it watch yourself (laughs) Resources in case of defeat if while one part of your army is victorious the other should be defeated You are by no means to despair since even in this extremity the constancy and resolution of a general may recover a complete victory So just because you take a little loss doesn't mean you're gonna lose completely Yet, notwithstanding an entire defeat all possible remedies must be attempted since many generals have been fortunate enough to repair such a loss so you can always come back an army after a defeat has sometimes rallied returned on the enemy dispersed him by pursuing an order and destroyed him without difficulty nor can men be in a more dangerous situation than when in the midst of joy after victory their exaltation is suddenly converted into terror so same thing Mm. you're joyous because you won and all of a sudden you're the tables turn Mm -hmm. whatever be the event the remains of the army must be immediately assembled reanimated by suitable exhortations and furnished with fresh fresh supplies of arms that's what you do when you get a good victory you're like all right reload that's yeah. what we're doing right now and in this last section of the book he, he, he kind of just breaks down and sums up the rest of the book that mm. we just read mm. so these are all Pretty familiar most of them because we I covered most of them it is the nature of war that what is beneficial to you is detrimental to the enemy and what is of service to him always hurts you that seems like common sense yes the more troops the more your troops have been accustomed camp duties on frontier stations and the more carefully they have been disciplined the less danger they will be exposed to in the field train them hard men must be sufficiently tried before they are led against the enemy train them hard it is much better to overcome the enemy by famine surprise or terror than by general actions for in the latter instance fortune Has often a greater share than valor I like the idea of overcoming the enemy just by terror (laughs) just just I I wish there was like a, a full chapter about that that's legit those designs are best which the enemy are entirely ignorant of till the moment of execution opportunity in war is often more to be depended on than courage To debauch to debauch the enemy's soldiers and encourage them when sincere in surrendering themselves is of a special service for an adversary is more hurt by desertion than by slaughter so if you can get the enemy to like come over to your side mm. that's even worse to the enemy mm. than when you're just killing them. Mm. Because you think about it, when you, you're getting your friends killed you're, you have some kind of vengeance Yeah, but if they just take your friends and they're like all in the, in the back room having them <laughs> having a glass of wine Would you know you're like yeah, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna, that sounds better than the deal I got <laughs> It is better to have several bodies of reserves than to extend yourself Too much to the front there you go. A general is not easily overcome who can form a true judgment of his own and the enemy forces Mm. we've been hearing that one since Sun Tzu art of war valor is superior to numbers the nature of ground is often of more consequence than courage this guy's talking about terrain that's Mm. what he's talking about so everyone that's in the military listen this right now terrain 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 learn to read the terrain This is a good one few men are born brave many become so through care and force of discipline great dichotomy there Mm -hmm. care for your people and through force of discipline is what makes people brave Mm -hmm. an army is strengthened by labor and weakened by idleness don't sit around don't sit around keep moving troops are not to be led to battle unless confident of success novelty and surprise throw an enemy into consternation but common incidents have no effect learn new moves (laughs) that's some advice I need to take I always do the same moves not good he Who rashly pursues a flying enemy with troops in disorder seems inclined to resign that victory which he had before obtained so if if you go pursuing the enemy when your troops aren't organized you're basically trying to give away your victory Mm. so be careful when you pursue an army unsupplied with grain and other necessary provisions will be vanquished without striking a blow I need to. We need to find. I looked around. I've been looking for like a, like a Roman soldier, and they have to find some letters and stuff. Mm. But these guys must have been hungry. Uh, are you talking right. about the, <laughs> I'm Talking about the <laughs> hunger. Yeah. On finding the enemy has notice of your designs, you must immediately alter your plan of operations. Mm. Check. Consult with many on proper measures to be taken. But communicate the plans you intend to put in execution to few and only those of the most assured fidelity, or rather, trust no one but yourself. <laughs> but it's interesting. Consult many people. Yeah. Get some feedback from everyone. Next, punishment and fear thereof are necessary to keep soldiers in order, in quarters. But in the field, they are more influenced by hope. And rewards A little dichotomy for you mm. good officers never engage in general actions unless induced by opportunity or obliged by necessity to distress the enemy more by famine than the sword is the mark of consummate skill And this is actually the last one here dispositions for action must be carefully concealed from the enemy lest they should counteract them and defeat your plans by proper expedience so those again I didn't cover all the maxims and the reason I didn't is because some of the maxims that he talks about are are legitimately ancient tactical warfare but it's worth getting the book so you can read those and understand them and he He kind of ends this book with a, a little note to the Emperor of Rome at the time and this is how he wraps it up how glorious it is therefore for your majesty with all these qualifications to unite the science of war and the art of conquest and to convince the world that by your conduct and courage you are equally capable of performing the duties of the soldier and the general think that's actually a, a cool statement to end on capable of equally performing the duties of the soldier and the general so he wraps up the book with that last dichotomy and I think that's one of the really one of the most important qualities for a leader to have and one of the most important qualities to be able to balance and that is to be able to maintain and lead from The highest position and at the same time never forget where you came from Mm. right you've heard that expression don't forget where you came from that's what he's talking about and I think for every leader what that means is recognize that you still have more to learn that you can still grow you can still try and get better and obviously that's what we're doing here is trying to learn and trying to keep learning sure and i think that wraps this up and obviously we make this podcast so that we can learn yes. and other people can learn if they want to join in <laughs> and if you learn anything and you want to you know give this podcast some support some support there's some great ways to do it and the goal to when you support the podcast is that you also support yourself. That's 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 the goal yep. Mutually supporting situation. Yes. is what we're going for so first off We got our company up in Maine up in New England origin USA In Farmington, Maine 100% American-made products products It's a jiu-jitsu company first and foremost right that's mm-hmm. the foundation sure. Geese, yes and rash guards Interestingly, geese, one of the hardest things in the world to make from scratch. Mm. And we make them here in America. Sure. A lot of people think they're the best. That's yeah. actually what I think.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> so it depends on what you mean by the best. So if you think that the ones that fit the most appropriately for jujitsu, Mm-hmm. Then yeah, they're the so best. So if you're gonna
0: use your jujitsu gi for jujitsu, then they're the best. They're the best. Concur.
1: If you want various different weaves, various different options that happen to be made in America, and various perfect blends for washing, drying, antimicrobial stuff,
0: you know, then yeah, they're the best. Yeah. When you see, do you remember the first time you saw Dragon weave like with your own eyes? Yes. Were you impressed? <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yes. Yeah, so. Like it's legitimately. It's, it's legitimately impressive. I actually. This is the, one of the dumbest things I've ever thought of in my life.
1: All right, lay it on me. When it's I good.
0: first saw Dragonweave, mm. I thought to myself it would be cool to get a legit cuz you know sometimes i got to wear a suit cuz i've been going to work with a company or something <laughs> i thought to myself it would be cool to get a legitimate suit made out of this dragon weave, cool. suit. dragon weave dragon weave uh-huh. yeah now, i can see that it took me about 20 minutes before i realized i was an idiot but it's that cool looking yeah yeah so
1: and and, and it's
0: that practical that's the thing yeah so anyways you can get geese rash guards originmain.com what else Joggers,
1: sure. well, okay. So you wanted the sh- the suit. Sorry, bro. You said it. Yeah. So uh, you know, let's let's talk about it at least a little bit. You said the suit. The suit, dude. You know, okay. You know, hey, forgive me. Dragon weave suit. Good, forgive cool. Me. <laughs> but so they had. I've talked about this before. Where my favorite shorts are dragon weave shorts. Yeah, they That's were something. They don't make them. Sorry. Not yet. Well, so I was talking to Pete about them mm-hmm. about them, and I was like, hey, you know, like you should make the dragon weave shorts. Mm-hmm and i forget why but you know not not now there's other shorts which are actually could prove more dope check <laughs> you see the button like you saw the buttons right like for the yeah, shorts there are these yeah, buttons yeah. Ah, they're yeah. dope anyway yeah. so yeah there's there's some joggers some you know some shirts and whatnot some regular apparel more athletic wear but um super comfortable i'll tell you that as the the self slash whatever proclaimed consort of comfort I can say this is a, of comfort this is the most Echostrans. comfortable stuff you're ever gonna put on if you find anything more comfortable let me know we'll see compare apples to apples but yeah some uh, some good stuff there also some supplements
0: mm. and you know speaking of so, so you know you know who Dr Rhonda Patrick is yes she's been on Joe Rogan a couple times yeah probably even more than that anyways she just tweeted out <laughs> sure. this thing talking about curcumin. And All right. Well, what like, is it? Like no kidding, double what blind, up? triple whatever. Sure. Test UCLA. Um, curcumin is awesome for you. Mm. And. But do you remember, like, what? Is, yes. What, you know. Uh, this is this is the thing. The, it, it blew off. The article actually blew off. Wouldn't even blue like, like it was like, yeah, curcumin keeps down inflammation. Oh, like that was gotcha. no big deal. Right, right. When actually that's a huge deal. Yeah. That's yeah. why that's one of the reasons why it's in joint warfare. <laughs> yeah. But then they did like a test and it improved memory and like cognitive reaction twenty eight percent. This is in a, a lab. Mm. So and then they referred to people in India. Mm. That people in India who have a high level of curcumin in their diets. Mm-hmm. That's why Indian food looks yellow. Huh is because of that. There's well, not just like direct But they're saying that's a really uh, interesting fact, right? Yeah, so sure. anyways that's in there It's in joint warfare. So it's in joint there's warfare. There's more than just joint warfare. There, yeah, the super krill Which yeah, is krill true, oil true. as
1: we all know by now krill oil is Pretty much the best source of omega-3 better than fish oil. Yes, and we all know fish oil is good. <laughs> Krill oil's even better. Super krill oil. Even better than regular krill oil. You know oil. what
0: the big difference between super krill oil and krill oil? I do. Actually. Yeah. It's super.
1: <laughs> no, but there's in some actual <laughs> yeah. technical beneficial super stuff. And it's like Zen. it's something, but it's an antioxidant. No no no, it's like Xantheant Zanome yeah, yeah, or yeah, something. That uh, sorry, I'm saying it wrong. But it's an antioxidant, which is a big deal. You know what rust is? Rust. Rust. Yeah. It's rust. Oxidation. Yes. It's all that is. Yeah. yeah. Oxidation of metal. Mm-hmm. So when you, because some people, I did well, I knew this for a long time, but before I knew it, this is what, it, you know, this is how my brain was as far as antioxidants go. My mom's like, hey, antioxidants. I'm like, wait, oxidants, oxi- oxi- oxygen, oxygen is good. We're like, why is it antioxidant kind of mm. thing? But it's like, no, it's not antioxidant, antioxidant, meaning it fights oxidation, which is rust of your body. So your body technically is kind of rusting, mm-hmm. you know? Antioxidants keeps it from rusting. I so like, now like that it. you uh, when it's you hear, oil <laughs> when you hear when you hear antioxidants, that's what you're hearing. It's going to keep your body from rusting straight up. Good. So krill oil, omega 3s better uptake than fish oil um, and we need omega three many things. Just know that you need them in this case for your joints. In other cases for your eyeballs, your brain, <laughs> your organs, all this stuff, but Know that, just know that it has many uses, plus antioxidants, boom, super krill oil, that's what makes it super. Then joint boom. warfare, as we mentioned, yes, that's for curcumin. your joints. Curcumin, not just curcumin. No. Glucosamine chondroitin. Mm-hmm. These are things for Stack. cartilage. Man, <laughs> I'm telling you, if you have bad joints, boom, joint warfare. Boom. Uh, get some discipline, too. But yeah, by the way, and so now what we have, as it turns out, according to Doctor Rhonda Patrick, as yeah, you said, yeah. we have like so they all play into each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, just getting after it. So Joint Warfare Krill Oil is the joints, but Joint Warfare also has cognitive enhancements, yeah. which,
0: as does di- the Discipline. So the there you go. Discipline is like a what did you call it? A powdered drink. That's what it is, right? Yeah, you know, that's I and mean, you mix it up, you put a little in your water bottle. And then then it gives you a little bit of that Yeah Gives you that mental edge mental advantage uh, Dave Burke sent me a text He said quote best quote from the last podcast Dave Burke is like a crackhead or or something (laughs) like that Sorry Dave no offense. Yeah, I know you just like the discipline. Yeah. Hey, man Did you see someone posted a picture of like? A guy with like cocaine powder all over his face. <laughs> yeah, the Dave Chappelle situation. Yeah, that's a good Dave Burks on the yeah, uh you got any more of that discipline. Got any more of that discipline? <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah.
1: Also mulk. Okay. So that's a little bit of a shifting gears scenario in regards to supplements. Mulk. Okay. I'm gonna say the word protein I said this before I'm gonna say it again because to me it's appropriate. I'm gonna say the word protein powder, but I'm not gonna say, hey, mulk is a protein powder. I'm not gonna say that. It's not a, it's not appropriate. Because no. it's
0: different. This is how it's different. It's milk. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a guy hit me up uh, and he said, I don't drink protein powders, but it sounds like this is just dessert. Yeah. And I hate to say it, it's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of tastes like that too. But yeah. dessert
1: kind of has this like kind of guilty kind of feel yeah. to it this yeah, no is guilt. guilt-free dessert here's what I did though I was pushing now I know and I, I was gonna kind of let you know but I was like yeah you know it just let me just have it be funny for me so I'm thinking literally thinking of monk while I'm shopping yeah Kay. so when I shop, you know you, when you I, I don't know how much you shop but Zero. Okay, okay so okay go in. next question <laughs> I have my go-to's right I get red leaf lettuce you eat a lot of red leaf lettuce for whatever and I get milk, but this time, I'm thinking of the milk. I don't know why. It was just in my head. Mm. I wasn't going to go drink some milk at that time. It was just in my head for whatever. And my eyes shifted to chocolate milk. So I'm like, hey, what if I mix the chocolate milk oh, with the milk? I know, right? It might be too much. Did but you y- do it? No, I didn't uh, do it. Don't yet. do that. You don't need to. Then again, why would I knock it before I try it? Because what if I discover something? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't do it yet. Nasty. I'll report back. But nonetheless... It is like a dessert, but it's one of those beneficial desserts. Yeah, that will like, not. Kind of like dark chocolate, like you know, you know, mm. consider dark chocolate, mm. right? I mean, it's a certain percentage, yeah. right, or something, where it's like good for yeah. you. Yeah,
0: Got to drink enough. So it's kind
1: of like that. It's like a big milkshake. Put yeah. an egg in there. You really want to get enough. We'll
0: we'll have some mulk for sure, at the immersion camp. Yeah, which is by the way, August twenty sixth. That's what it is. Last year we didn't have milk. mulk wasn't even invented yet. Yeah, it was it like straight up didn't exist. It didn't exist. It yeah. was like then all of a sudden you cracked an atom open, and they had to add milk to the periodic table. Yeah, that just yeah. happened. <laughs> Last <laughs> yeah. year I had to drink. I do <gasps> drinking <gasps> just the chocolate milk because they had it at the camp. Oh right, right. Yeah, yeah like, the the, like the old school cafeteria chocolate milk. Just, yeah. just it's just not. It's just horrible. You don't like it? No, I mean Maybe, I think I'm no, addicted actually, to the
1: experience because that's what what it nah, had at you. It's image. not good. It's not good.
0: So yeah, yeah immersion milk. camp.
1: August 26th and September 2nd, that's the last day about this two sessions in there. I would say uh, you know, I can't speak for anyone else. Uh, I would say yeah, go to both cuz that's good, but you know, go to one, go to two, whatever.
0: For those that are wondering and I well, this isn't confirmed yet, but we pretty pretty much had the talk Pete Me and and B Little and the conversation is looking like wo- morning gee Afternoon nogi, evening, whichever Your choice. Yeah, that's like a dream, isn't it? I think so too. <laughs>
1: and I don't have uh, any complaints from the last one. Yeah, I literally, have no complaints. Yeah, but I do remember thinking if there was some nogi mixed yeah, in here, this yeah. would really, this would make me kind of not really want to leave the, ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, this is worth pointing out. This is the kind of thing that I. You you ever think about like people that are OCD? Yes, I think about that all the time. Right, obsessively, yeah, and compulsively. <laughs> so sometimes I have a little bit of that in sure. me, but one of them is is like I want uh, things to be squared away, right? Yeah. And so when I was going to the camp, I was kind of like, well, how is this whole laundry thing going to work? Like, what's going to happen? This was before. Yeah. Okay. Well, the thing is, just to let everyone know, if you come to camp, they they do laundry there's like a laundry service they pick it up they pick the it way. up yeah and they wash all your clothes and then they bring back in all your clothes nice and
1: clean yeah. and that's a huge deal. so
0: you think you could basically get away with two geese yes two geese yeah well maybe three I
1: yeah I would say that wait, I only had two. probably three geese. I didn't bring any geese I got
0: origin one oh yeah I'll well, bring there, two and buy one when you two. get there yeah Yeah, I'm saying to rotate them through properly, but they're pretty fast on the turnaround. Anyways, that's the deal.
1: But but that's a that's a that's kind of a big deal. The laundry is because there's a difference between hey, there's a laundry service um, walk across
0: camp to the laundromat and go handle your business. Well, and and actually, the camp is at a different same lake, Echo Lake, but it's a different lake. But and I don't know what the exact laundry service. I think it's gonna be the same exact thing though because oh, okay. the service didn't come from camp last time. It's somebody that does laundry for oh. geese. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. There should be people in the world that just do gee laundry. <laughs> just, just gee laundry.
1: Yeah, they come and grab it though. They knock on your door like room service. Yeah, really, that's yeah. a huge deal. I think it's very convenient, very nice. But yeah, Emerging Camp August twenty third, August twenty sixth through September second, two sessions. I'm gonna be there. Jocko's gonna be there, rolling. Yeah. Rolling to fulfill your curiosity of how it is to roll with Jocko. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say it'll be a good time rolling with Jocko. I'm yeah. not gonna say that. Might let might you be, down. Yeah, uh, you might get let down as far as pleasurable experiences go. No, no, but no. Hey, might
0: let you down. Might be. Everyone thinks, oh, he's got to be so unbelievable. No, it's like I'm not that good at jujitsu. Yeah, I know? wasn't
1: really thinking that. I was thinking more. Um, oh yeah, it'll be fun and pleasurable meanwhile it'll be like like 90% painful and then like 5% embarrassing (laughs) and you know various other uh negative emotions but yeah you can you know whatever if if you wonder about that kind of stuff i don't know maybe you don't but yeah that's in origin also we have a store actually jocko has a store and it's called jocko store who made that name up i did (laughs) Keeping it simple. Anyway, this is where you can get the rash guards that we make. Get after it, little trooper rash guards. Warrior kid rash guards too, by the way, yeah. for youth. Warrior your kids getting into jujitsu. Boom, and for surfing, and for whatever, yeah. running, cycling, all that stuff. Um, and uh, what other rash guards are there? I thought I was going to make it. Up. Oh, I'm going to t-shirts make a, too. Yeah, a stand legit by t-shirts. to get some rash guard. That's what I'm going to make. Stand by to get some. Check. I was gonna make a good rash guard, but then I thought, hey, what's the message of good? Isn't, good stand-, should- isn't
0: stand by to get some too close to get after it? No, okay. Because stand by, no.
1: Because stand by to get some is when you're standing by to get some. Getting after it is when you're actually getting after it. So when you're standing by or you're getting after, it, it's two different things completely. Back to the good rash guard is important, I think, as far as the layers go. Okay, good is like when something. "Quote unquote bad happens. Mm-hmm. There's always some good to, to come from it. So mm-hmm. what you said. It's a direct quote. So you can't make and put on a rash guard that's based on something bad happening, as far as losing goes, or something like that, right? Okay. I guess you could technically yeah. if it looked dope. I don't know. Jury's still out. Anyway, back to the t-shirts. There's some cool ones on there, right? Yeah. Just put that Def Core on the t-shirt. Definitely. Yeah. Good idea. I think you're. You're right about that. One. Oh, hats on there as well. Two kinds of hats as of right now. Actually, three technically. Three types of headgear: trucker hats, flex fit hats, beanies. Yeah. Just in time for summer. Kay. Actually, beanies been out for a while. Beanies was a yeah like a month. <laughs> dude. Don't give yourself too much credit. But speaking mess. of
0: summer and winter, hoodies. You get hoodies on there too. Legit hoodies. Non Hawaiian hoodies. You know Hawaiian you're gonna is. make you're gonna make a Hawaiian hoodie apparently yeah
1: I think technically there's no such thing as a Hawaiian hoodie, but I will have a lighter weight hoodie for When you go to Hawaii, and it turns nighttime, and the wind the breeze kind of blows, and you're like dang I wish I had my long-sleeve shirt on, you know, and it'll look kind of dope That's what I think that's my whole approach in okay. my opinion. There's some women's stuff on there, too uh, you know for the lady troopers some tank tops and v-neck type t-shirts made specifically for the ladies. Solid, discipline Good. equals freedom. Good. On. Also, other ways to support, another way to support, subscribe to the podcast, if you haven't already, on iTunes, and Stitcher, and Google Play, or wherever you listen to uh, podcasts, whatever platform you choose to use.
0: Also, YouTube. Yeah. You should subscribe to YouTube. The reason is so you can see Echo's legit videos. For instance, you just re-released one. Thank God. Yes. Echo had made a video for Warpath and he put Christmas music which we all it, loved which it was I, during Christmas time and we it was all it during loved Christmas time. It. And the thing is the video was so uh, graphically intense and I I could tell and you had actually told me that it took days days to put together 3 seconds worth of yeah film. And so when you showed it to me, I was super pumped. And then I heard the music, <laughs> <laughs> I was super unpumped.
1: <laughs> unpumped. Yeah, and I right. was
0: unpumped. And anyways, he's redone the Warpath video now as good music behind it, not Christmas music. We'll just
1: say revised. It's yeah. revised, you know. Thankful but you know, we all can all still revisit Did the Christmas one? The one? Did you pull off no, the old one? You pull it down? No, nah, I left it, man. That's for us, you know, folks who like Christmas. <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> On oh, the Grinch over here. Yeah, I know,
1: bro. Yeah, it's good. YouTube, yeah, subscribe to the YouTube and uh, leave a review on the on the iTunes thing. Mm-hmm. If you're in the mood, that's my opinion. The mm-hmm. review, it's a good one. Good way to support too. Also, if you are looking to improve and increase your supply of fitness gear, I just got a few things for my my bicep brats. You know, when you kind of choose to embark on a different type of fitness, mm-hmm. you know. I Don't know you stick with the same thing. I get it. No, but I do you do know, different things. Sometimes. Yeah Yeah, yeah. you get fired up, but anyway, I don't want to go into that But but I got some new stuff Anyway, mm-hmm. where you get it is in my opinion go to on it so on it.com slash you can get some good stuff on there Including but not limited to kettlebells Maces I'm gonna get battle ropes. I just read some really good stuff about battle ropes You ever nice. done battle ropes before
0: I've done them, but not with any kind of regularity Yeah, yeah, like I want to
1: I wanna do a battle rope program. Hmm yeah, I read, oh, man. I I don't go in too much, but it's like, well, you know, like if you're, tra- it's like for metcons, mm-hmm. you know, and you can yeah, do a you full body, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's like it burns a lot of calories, gets you in uh muscular, muscular conditioning and stuff like that. But really good. I was like, after you read it, it's like you want to do battle ropes from now on. Incorporate anyway. Go on dot com slash jocko. I got
0: the mace from Jocko today. Mm. I was fired it's up. It's heavier than you so, thought. Yeah.
1: So and I knew it was gonna be heavy. That's yeah. the thing. Like I know because okay.
0: that's only a twenty pounder. Yeah. And look, if you're, you know, that's that's one of those things. I think, you know, when we talk about kettlebells and, and people will say like, what size kettlebell do you start off with? Mm. It, it's hard to narrow that down. Mm. That thing is heavy. Yeah. There's not too many people that are just getting all over that twenty pound. Yeah. Don't uh, even. Club.
1: This is like too heavy. I've never done a mace workout before. Yeah. By the way, this is too heavy for me. To do like a workout. Yeah. I'm like even even like it's so it looks like a big what do you call not a bowling pin but you know the juggling pins oh, you know yeah. like the people in the job so it looks like that but it weighs 20 pounds it feels like it weighs like 50 pounds yeah they, they literally feel feels like that because it's all big anyway yeah but I'm gonna I'm gonna work it in and I'm gonna report back and I feel that soon I'm gonna be a lot stronger than you son
0: I like it that's good yep. speaking of that um if Maybe you're thinking oh instead of working out. I'm going to take a break you can get the psychological warfare album
1: mm-hmm.
0: That has tracks. It's on iTunes Google Play mp3 wherever you get mp3s Just a little bit of guidance on how to overcome Situations where <gasps> maybe you're not going to get after it, and you know you should yeah, so there you go Working on psychological warfare 2 at this time so yeah that'll be coming in the future
1: all your excuses are lies That's yeah. gonna be the title psychological warfare 2 all your excuses are lies yeah see that yeah. Look, we just kind of came up yeah with it right that's
0: up. good I like but how you do that
1: I'd call it like a spot like a spot mm-hmm. like if I'm gonna go Psychological bench. spot yeah that's what it is because you might not call it need that it.
0: though because not everyone thinks of when you say spot you're thinking of 1994 weightlifting bodybuilding sure
1: oh no bit and power lifting um, yeah, I guess you can't really spot on a on a power clean like Olympic lift, yeah. but nonetheless, it is a spot nonetheless, regardless of what analogy you want to use, I think the band the spot is the best because you don't need a spot necessarily. Most of the time you don't need it. Most of the time. Cool. But if you got a spotter there and you need the spot, boom, there it is. And he's gonna spot you and he's gonna bring you through. You're not gonna let the bar bury you. You understand. Fair enough. Also, Jocko SMT. It's called Jocko White Tea. Mm hmm. Interestingly enough uh, dry tea which is tea bags and in a can Which I've been popping every day by the way so good. I'm not going to say it's an anti-nausea medication I'm not going to say that but as it turns out. It's kind of an anti-nausea medication Super refreshing that they can by the way.
0: It's also anti weakness because once you drink jock of white tea you can Deadlift eight thousand pounds automatically. Hey, it's available in Canada too, on Amazon in Canada. That's new. Hmm. So check out Canadian folks up there hanging out with Jody Minick somewhere. Uh, sure, <laughs> <Here>. Ottawa. <laughs> then uh, you can get it there too. Yeah. Also got some books: "Way the Warrior Kid" and "Mark's Mission." Those are for children, but I think everyone that reads them gets something out of them. Yeah. So check them out. You there, might like them.
1: That video uh, you did with Brian Rose, yeah, right, the London real yeah, yeah. one. Um, so my brother's watching the video. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, and I don't know why he's all like surprised. Like he's impressed. Of, okay, I get it, but like he's all surprised, impressed. You know the difference, right? Mm-hmm. right so Wait, he's watching part? the video. The you know how you basically the part where you were explaining where the work here part two. Mark's okay. mission, where you're like, okay, this psychological bully, uh, you know, did this thing, and now Mark wants to fight him. He can fight now. He knows jujitsu, so he kind of wants to fight him. So Uncle Jake's like, you know, comes in and he's all, hey, cool, you can fight him. So I was like, oh, okay, all right, Uncle Jake, you know, getting nuts, whatever. Okay, you can fight him. But first, you got to do recon or, yeah. or intel, right? Yeah. Intel yeah. gathering yeah, you know, or whatever. See what up. And. So he does, and he finds out all this stuff, you know? And through like finding the stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. he gains like a little bit of understanding or mm-hmm. whatever. And so instead of fighting him, maybe you should help him mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's like this little curveball. It's like, man, it's like kind of taking the high ground when you don't expect it So Jade Charles kind of like that. He liked that one. He was all impressed. He hadn't with, read it yet? Impressed with it. No, bad. Hey. i don't let him read that thing. I'm still reading it to my girl, little girl. That's Jack. It's right. kind of the ethos, right? The way of the worry kid ethos. You just read it. You just mm-hmm. keep reading. When you're done reading it, you read it again. Start all over. Yeah. Yeah, she likes it. She liked the paper mache pumpkin. Yeah. Situation. She yeah. really liked that part. Yeah. So that was actually pretty funny. Yeah. It was good and also shining through. Oh, yeah big time. Also the field manual mm-hmm. Discipline equals freedom field manual best book ever written best book physically to look at yeah My opinion yeah. black on black. Boom. What do you think
0: of that front cover for t- f- uh, photograph? You like that? Yeah, yeah, it's very so? iconic uh,
1: <laughs> photograph um, Yeah, that's a good one. That's uh, it's like What do you call like a manual for if you make it a manual for life in general? Mm -hmm. I think you'd be on the good path right there.
0: I agree. I agree If you need a manual for some leadership you got extreme ownership that's the book that I wrote with my brother Leif Babin and It's about combat leadership and how you can apply the lessons that we learned on the battlefield to everything you do in your business and in your life and your relationships with people and also coming pretty soon actually is the follow-on to that book that I also wrote with Leif, The Dichotomy of Leadership. It is, you know, you, you've you hear, heard us talk about dichotomy all the time. It's actually the last chapter of Extreme Ownership, and this is the trickiest thing about leadership is trying to balance this dichotomy so we talk about it and do a deep dive and get granular on how to balance the dichotomy of leadership in that book which is titled the dichotomy of leadership you can pre-order it right now it comes out September 25th if you don't want to get a copy when it comes out then don't order it now and you won't get one because <laughs> it's gonna sell out <coughs> and the publishers are slacking as usual and they'll be like well wait wait there's probably are you only print a few of these because projected you know, not sure. numbers yeah. their projected numbers are off mm. always and you want to get the um <coughs> You want to get the first edition that's mm-hmm. my opinion so do that and for all for for leadership training on-site beyond the books beyond the podcast I have echelon front it's our leadership consulting company we solve problems through mm-hmm. leadership also we have the muster which Is a leadership conference there's only one more this year it's in San Francisco muster 006 it's October 17th and 18th you have to register for that at extremeownership.com every muster we've done is sold out this one will sell out to and also for current military law enforcement border patrol firefighters paramedics first responders we got the roll call 001 September 21st in Dallas Texas it's a focus one day leadership training seminar for people that are in uniform Handling stressful situations and you can also register for that at extremeownership.com and Until we are live At the muster in San Francisco or at the roll call in Texas or at the immersion camp in Maine Until then if you want to cruise Kind of hard with us We are on the interwebs on Twitter on Instagram and yes on that Facebook people Echo is at Echo Charles, and I am at Jocka Willink. And thanks to all the people in uniform out there military, police, law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics, border patrol, all first responders, really. We won't be able to do what we do without you doing what you do. So thank you for protecting us and taking care of us. And also thanks to your families who support you while you support us, and to everyone else. Everyone else, thanks for listening and remember what Vegetius said that it isn't just size or numbers or even courage itself that will ensure victory. instead, it is exact observance of discipline. That is what it takes. that is what you need. so go out there. And get after it. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko. Out.